Hollow Mountain Publishing presents The Pond, book one of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 36 Prom Katie opened her eyes, turned over, and looked at the clock. 10 a.m. She had slept in. Excitement coursed through her veins. She was going to prom with David. This was going to be the first Saturday in several months where she didn't spend the whole day working out with everyone on the team. Jackson had grimaced and made a few snide remarks when Lizzie and Katie reminded him they were not showing up for practice. Grinning, she had taken it in stride. Enjoying her lazy morning, Katie was lying on the couch, flipping through channels, when she heard a honk outside. Getting up, she peered out the window. Seeing Candy in her sporty BMW, she walked outside. What are you doing? She said with a laugh. Candy rolled down her window halfway. Come on, we're going to be late. Late for what? She couldn't help asking. I'm not telling. Candy laughed. Hurry! Katie climbed in, squeezed herself next to Lizzie. She shot her a questioning look. Lizzie only shrugged in return. Where are you taking us? Candy only smiled. You'll see. Katie leaned back and didn't pay attention to where they were going. Laughing and talking to Candy and Lizzie, she felt happy and content. Noticing Candy had slowed down, she peered out the window with interest. Candy had pulled into a parking lot of a very impressive-looking building. The grounds had small waterfalls and botanical gardens. Katie had no idea such a place existed so close to her home. Feeling a little apprehensive, she slowly got out of the car. What is this place? she said in wonder. Candy only giggled and told them to follow her. Entering one of the doors, Katie could only gape at the elegant surroundings. Feeling underdressed, she wished she had worn her best clothes. Then she decided maybe her best clothes still were not good enough for this place. Candy walked confidently through the lobby, giving a wave to the girl behind the counter. Apprehensively, Katie followed. You don't have to worry. It's going to be fun. Candy's thoughts entered her mind. I'm not worried, Katie lied. Candy giggled. I can feel your emotions, remember? Katie decided to ignore her. Coming to another desk, Candy stopped and laid her purse down. Hello, Michelle. These are the two girls I was telling you about. She gestured towards Katie and Lizzie. The woman behind the counter immediately stood up and smiled. Very good, Miss Franklin. The woman motioned to them. If you will follow me. Katie gave Candy a grimace and then followed the woman. Four hours later, Katie and Lizzie left the building, feeling as if they had never actually lived before. A full spa treatment was something to be worshipped. They had been soaked, caressed, manicured, pedicured, shampooed, cut, and styled. Every inch of her body glowed. Climbing back into Candy's car, she turned to her friend. So, this is how the other side lives. Candy sat grinning from ear to ear. Feels pretty good, doesn't it? Leaning back in the seat, Katie closed her eyes. I just want to know one thing. What? How come I wasn't your friend a long time ago? Candy laughed contagiously. I knew you would love it. 
Katie stood in front of the mirror, not recognizing the elegant figure staring back at her. Turning around to see the back of her dress, she smiled. Her hair was twisted and braided, except for soft curls that lightly touched her neck. Hearing a sound behind her, she looked in the mirror. Jackson was sitting on her windowsill, his eyes hooded. Slowly turning around, she faced him. Well, what do you think? You're beautiful, Katie. He said it so softly she could barely hear him. She felt the blood rush to her cheeks at the compliment. Did you just crawl through my window? Jackson smiled derisively. I get the strongest impression your mom doesn't like me very much. She doesn't know you like I do. Jackson shrugged. Getting slowly to his feet, walking over to her iPod, he flicked through her music. Finding a song, he set it down on her iHome. A soft love song drifted softly from the speakers. He walked over to her. Could I have this dance? Without waiting for her to reply, he stepped in and gathered her in his arms. He slowly rotated in her small room. He lifted his arm gently, spinning her in a small circle. I don't know how to ballroom dance, she said softly, her voice unsure. He chuckled. I can teach you. They gently swayed to the music. She cautiously looked up into his eyes. They had turned a dark turquoise. He placed his forehead against hers and pulled her closer to him. She could feel the strong beat of his heart against hers. His body felt warm next to hers, causing heat to course through her system. She liked the feel of his arms around her. She wanted him to... To what? She closed her eyes, her confused emotions vibrating through her body. They both heard the loud knock on the front door. Jackson stopped dancing, daring into her eyes. Letting her go, he dropped his arms and backed away. Not saying a word, he crawled out of her window. Katie watched him go. She could hear her mother greeting David in the living room. She turned and stared at her reflection in the mirror. Her brows were knitted into a confused frown. Her face flushed, her eyes bright. She could feel her heartbeat fluttering in her chest. She stayed where she was until her mother opened her bedroom door. She tried to smile as her mother gushed over her dress and the way she looked. Slowly, following her mother down the small hallway, she caught the handsome face of David Black. He looked incredible in his tux, the cummerbund and tie matching her dress. His face first registered shock, then a slow smile spread across his features. She couldn't help smiling back. Going through the motions of taking pictures, she good-naturedly did everything her mother asked. When her mother obviously ran out of poses, David grabbed her hand and led her outside. Katie didn't realize David had stopped until she stumbled into him. Looking up, she saw Jackson leaning up against the Hummer. He slowly tossed keys in the air. Pushing himself off the vehicle, he strode towards them. Candy seemed to think you are going to take Katie in your old Jeep. I thought she was absolutely nuts, but I guess I was wrong. David stiffened. Jackson's cocky smile widened. I told her you could take the Hummer. She told me you hated the car and would not ride in it. Jackson continued with his one-sided conversation. She told me I could not allow you to take Katie in your old Jeep, and you were to take her BMW. He gestured to the road. Katie turned her head. She could see Candy's car sitting on the side of the curb. I have my own car, thanks, David said stiffly.
Jackson frowned and half turned to face David's jeep. Sitting next to the Hummer, it looked old and decrepit. Look, don't turn down the wheels because it's me offering it. Cars candies, not mine. David stood stiffly, his hand clutching Katie's tightly. I'll tell you what, I'll just give you the keys. He tossed the keys to David, who automatically caught them. I'll take off, then I won't know what vehicle you actually took. Sound fair? Jackson turned and climbed into the Hummer. I'll see you later, he said casually, shutting the door. He backed out of the driveway. David watched him go with narrowed eyes. Giving his jeep a hard look, he sighed and turned to her. You have some choice of friends, Katie. Katie didn't know what to say. Candy is a generous person, she said softly. I can see her wanting this night to be special. David sighed and touched her cheek. I want this night to be special, too. We don't have to take the BMW. We can take your Jeep. I don't care, Katie insisted. I love your Jeep, she added for good measure. David grinned, flicking the keys in his hand. I've always wanted to drive a BMW. Katie grinned. Here's your chance, she said wickedly. It's Candy's car, she nodded. David gently pulled her to the sporty vehicle. He softly caressed the hood. Opening the car door for Katie, he helped her in. Running around to the driver's side, he slid behind the wheel. Turning the engine over, he revved the engine a few times. Smiling wickedly, he put it into gear and whipped the car around. Beating down the road, he let out a whoop that had Katie laughing along with him. David took the familiar route to his place. Telling her to stay in the car, he ran around and opened the car door for her. She felt a little stupid, but liked the gentleman-like behavior. She went into the black home so his mother could see them. They good-naturedly took more pictures before giving them a final goodbye. David took the longest route he possibly could take to get to the school. Pulling into the parking lot, she could tell he still wanted to drive. Dances usually take a while to get going, she suggested. We could probably be late. Turning a grin towards her, he whipped the car around and headed for the canyon. He drove easily through the narrow road. I didn't think anything could top your Camaro, Katie grimaced. I miss my car. You have a fancy Hummer to drive. Katie looked over, unable to read his face. I still miss my car. I don't get it, Katie. Don't his parents wonder where his vehicle is or something? Katie looked out over the narrow road. His parents think he's dead, or maybe a runaway. She could feel David's glance before it returned to the road. Why would they think that? Because he's disappeared, she said quietly. He went to Central High. His parents live close by. If he goes near his family, they might be in danger. She was beginning to feel uneasy where the conversation was headed. Is your mom in danger? No. Then why? Katie felt familiar panic in her chest when David started asking too many questions. She looked out the window, not answering his question. Letting out a sigh, David pulled over into a lookout area. Turning off the vehicle, he turned. I'm sorry, Katie. I don't want to press you tonight. I want to have a good time. Katie looked back at his handsome face, the last rays of sunlight putting his features into shadow. I want to have a good time, too. Let's not discuss Jared or Jackson or whoever he is tonight. Deal? David held out his hand. Katie reached out and shook his hand. Deal. 
Returning to school, they walked into the gym. Katie looked surprised at how much the old gym had been transformed. Seeing Lizzie and Tyler dancing, she gave them a quick wave. Walking over, they sat down next to a bunch of David's friends. He held her hand, making sure she was close to him at all times. He included her in the conversations. He kept turning towards her, as if he couldn't keep his eyes off her. Eventually, he got up and led her onto the dance floor, holding her close. Katie loved the feeling of his arms around her. She softly swayed to the music, thinking everything was perfect. She laid her head onto David's chest, breathing in his masculine scent. This is perfect, she thought to herself. This is how she'd always envisioned dating David would be. Panic and fear jolted her. Katie immediately raised her head. Looking around, couples were entwined in each other's arms, swaying to the love song. Laying her head back down onto David's chest, fear rippled through her body. Where are these emotions coming from? Panic raced through her body, making her heart jump. Concern jammed through her consciousness when she realized they were not her emotions, but Candy's. Candy was gripped in fear and in trouble, automatically reaching out with her mind. Candy, what's wrong? Candy gave a gasp in her thoughts. I'm sorry. I know you're at prom. Katie shook her head. What's going on? It's Jackson. He's gone. Katie could hear she was on the verge of tears. Fear rippled through Katie's body, causing her heart to beat frantically. Realizing she was gently being shook, she opened her eyes into David's looming face. You haven't heard a word I said. Something's wrong. Pulling out of his arms, she walked off the dance floor. Tyler, Lizzie, I need you now. Lizzie immediately began protesting. Katie gave a backward look towards the couple. Tyler? We're coming, Tyler immediately responded. Walking out of the gym, she surveyed the group of parents acting as chaperones. Taking a quick left turn, she headed for the parking lot. What happened? We were planning on watching a movie and eating pizza together. When I got here, the place is tore up and Jackson's not here. Katie reached Candy's car and leaned up against the vehicle. Closing her eyes, she saw the broken windows first. Directing Candy to change into animal form, she had her walk around the lodge. Several of the chairs were turned over. Stuffing was strung out over the floor. She could tell Jackson had put up an incredible fight. She asked Candy to smell the ground. The clear scent of Sergis plus four other seekers were present. Opening her eyes, she wasn't surprised seeing David standing within inches of her. He was watching her closely. Deciding to ignore him for the moment, she turned to Tyler and Lizzie. Five seekers have taken Jackson. She felt Candy's presence in her mind. Well, it's about time is all I have to say. Shock rippled through her body when she turned to stare at Lizzie. What? Lizzie folded her arms defensively. He's not one of us, Katie. We're better off if he's with his own kind. I didn't see you complaining when he was teaching you how to fight or stretch your mind. He was willing to teach me, and I was willing to learn. Katie shouldn't have been surprised by what she was hearing. Hadn't she had those same thoughts herself about Jackson? Hearing it from Lizzie sounded awful. She felt ashamed and inflamed at the same time. They're going to kill him, Lizzie. Does that mean anything to you? Don't you dare judge me. Lizzie pointed her finger at Katie, her face growing ugly. 
I haven't forgotten who's responsible for Sam's death. I haven't decided to conveniently forget. She hadn't forgotten. Doubt clouded her judgment, making her vulnerable to Lizzie's onslaught. Keeping her face as blank as possible, she was racked with indecision. He didn't kill Sam, Candy pointed out privately in her mind. She could feel Katie's emotions as they warred with each other. What if he becomes a malice? Katie asked Candace with her thoughts. Katie hated herself as she gave voice to her most inner fears. He is far better than all of us combined. What if this is our only chance to stop him? Katie, we have already had this conversation. You cannot judge him for something he has not done. He may not have killed her, but if it were not for him, Sam would be alive. Are you telling me you have not forgiven him for that? This whole time, you have pretended to be his friend, only to harbor feelings of ill will? No, Katie sighed. She knew David, Tyler, and Lizzie were wondering what was going on in her head. I just need to throw out my doubts and fears to ears that won't condemn me for them. She felt Candy's understanding and empathy. Katie, Jackson's going to die if we don't save him. We need to go and save the man of today, not the one who made a bad decision of yesterday or the man who may choose wrong in the future, but the Jackson we know and love today. Katie pictured Jackson's beautiful face, those clear blue eyes sparkling over something stupid she had said. In reality, she wanted to believe him. The choice was hers. Does she believe a seeker can change, or does she end up being a fool? Katie folded her arms defensively. She was highly aware David was listening closely to everything Lizzie implied. She knew he was burning with questions and accusations. She came to the only decision she wanted to make. We're wasting time. Jackson's in trouble. I'm not going to force anyone to go and help. As for me, I'm going to do everything in my power to save him. Tyler, are you in or out? She could feel Candy's relief. Lizzie grabbed Tyler's arm. This could be a trap. How do we know anything he has ever said is true? He can have us see anything with our eyes. How do we know those scars on his body are real? David cleared his throat. I can see the scars, but I can't see him wearing clothes. Katie gave him an appreciative glance. He has never lied to me, she said, realizing it was true. Even in the beginning, he warned me I needed to stay away from him. She gave Tyler a questioning look. Tyler gently pulled out of Lizzie's grasp and stood silently next to Katie. Katie turned to get into the car. Hold tight, Candy. We're on our way. He killed her! Lizzie screamed. He killed Sam! How can you go and risk your lives for him? She spat out the last words in hatred. Katie felt David stiffen next to her. Bowing her head, she closed her eyes for a moment. You saw him kill her, she said softly. You saw him make the killing blow? He could have done it just as easily. You don't know if he did or not. Yes, I do, Lizzie, because he has saved my life, yours, Tyler's, and Candace's on multiple occasions. We are a team. That means family. You voted to include him after you knew he was a seeker. You accepted him. I did not force you. Tears streaming down her face, Lizzie shook her head. There has to be a time in everyone's life where you regret a decision or action. 
You wish with every fiber of your being to change the clock back and make a different choice. But you can't. No one can. So when the time comes, you go to the people you hurt and you ask for their forgiveness. You hope they will try and forget what you can't. Katie sighed. I don't want to be the person who refuses to forgive. I want to be someone like old Elizabeth Hawk. She was loved and cherished because she was kind and gentle. She was also ferocious and fought evil threatening her people. She stepped closer to Lizzie. Jackson is a part of us. He needs us to save him. With or without you, we are going. We're outnumbered. Yes, we are. We could die. Yes, we could. Lizzie stood uncertainly. Our courage has already been tested, Lizzie. The great white tiger tested us before the animal spirit entered our bodies. We all passed. That is why we are here. Lizzie nodded slowly, still not making a decision. Katie was beginning to run out of patience. We need to get there before he dies, Lizzie. That's what saving him means, she said sarcastically. Lizzie wiped her tears and nodded silently. I'll get my car. Tyler gave Katie a quick smile and loped after her. I guess I'll just ride with them, she said, turning towards David. I'm sorry we ruined this night for you. Katie, David stepped closer to her. I don't want you to go. She shook her head. I have to. It's supposed to be me running off, saving the damsel in distress, not sitting back letting my damsel do all the fighting. Katie smiled in the darkness. I don't need saving, David. I can take care of myself. I don't want any regrets, David said quietly, stepping closer to her. He reached out and touched her chin gently, easing it upward. Taking his time, he let her know what he intended. His lips were soft and warm. Giving into the kiss, Katie's heart sang as the kiss deepened. She wrapped her arms around his neck, letting her body and her emotions take control. She had dreamed about this. A moment when David Black kissed her, and it was exactly how she thought it would be. Her body felt warm and compliant as she felt his arms wrapped tightly around her. She didn't want this moment to end. A small honk had them pulling apart. Her breathing labored. She could tell David was just as affected as she was. David turned his head to see Lizzie's car close by. He hasn't, you know. Her mind foggy. Katie didn't understand what David was talking about. What? Jackson hasn't gone to everyone and told them what happened, asking for their forgiveness. Katie stiffened in his arms. David tightened his arms around Katie, not letting go. Sam's family has a right to know everything that happened to her. He gave her a little shake, his emotions spilling out. We have to know, Katie. Not knowing is destroying us. He slowly loosened his arms to let her go. You're a big part of my life, Katie. He tucked a strand behind her ear. I need you in my life. Do you understand? I need you here, beside me. Katie wanted to stay in his arms and listen to the words she'd always wanted to hear from him. Instead, she gently pulled away from him and walked towards Lizzie's car. She looked back at the handsome young man she had been in love with since she was 11. She heard the words softly in the night. Come back, Katie. Please come back. Climbing into the car, she watched him standing alone in the dark. 
She watched until he was no longer in sight. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. I hope you've enjoyed this week's chapter of The Pawn, the first book in the Appalachian Storm series. Until next week, and our imaginations meet again, have a great day.